Hey, everybody. What you're about to hear is the best of a couple of live shows we recorded for Christmas, one at Portland's Revolution Hall and one here in Seattle at the Neptune Theater. Because the shows were both very visual and wouldn't translate to a podcast, we had to cut some of the stuff like the slideshow featuring our pal Jake Nelson's collection of not-sexy Christmas selfies. But we did have him back at the end of the show to help me answer some questions. So in the Magnum version, when you hear Jake Nelson, that's who he is. You'll also hear the magnificent Shirley Gnome. You will love her. Here we go. Enjoy the show. You're listening to the Savage Lovecast, www.savagelovecast.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual I almost canceled on you, Seattle. I wasn't in the mood for anything, for Christmas, for the show. To be honest, I have been struggling ever since, ever since you know what. If you listen to the podcast, and I'm assuming you do, otherwise, how did you know to get here tonight? You've heard me trying to put the fight back in my listeners Because it is on. There is going to be a fight. There are going to be many fights. And if I'm going to be perfectly honest, I have felt like a fraud. Because the fight I was trying to put in you guys, I didn't know if it was in me. But how does that expression go? Fake it till you make it? Turns out that works. Because trying to put the fight back in you guys, faking it, well... It put the fight back in me. So so I want to thank you for that. Thank you for being there for me when I needed you. But you know, it wasn't just the fight I didn't have in me. I didn't feel like I really had Christmas in me this year either. And that really bummed me out because when it comes to Christmas, I agree with Tim Minchin. I really like Christmas It's sentimental, I know But I just really like it I am hardly religious I'm hardly religious myself But I do really like Christmas And I decided that I would Fight for that, too. I decided to enjoy myself this Christmas. Even if I had to fake it at first, I decided to do this show, to show up, not to cancel, to deck the halls and don my motherfucking gay apparel. Because this year, more than most, we need to take our comfort and our joy where we can find them. So tonight I'm finding them here at the Neptune Theater in Seattle, Washington, where we are taping our Christmas special Savage Lovecast Live Christmas 2000. (laughs) 2016. Cheers and happy Christmas to all of you. 
We get questions here, and I answer them. That's basically this gig. And the pace of the questions coming in, it always picks up in December. But this year, people aren't calling to ask whether fuck first applies to Christmas Eve, and of course it does. (laughs) Or whether to come out during Christmas dinner or after. Or what the perfect gift might be for the newest member of your six-sided bisexual pan polygon. No, the number one question we're getting this year is whether to go home for Christmas. And we're pretty much only getting this question about Christmas. We're not getting do I go home questions about Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Ramadan because people whose parents are celebrating Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Ramadan didn't vote for Orange Julius Caesar. So they don't have anything to... fight with their parents about or have screaming fights with their parents about or demand apologies from their parents about. But quickly, just to dispense with this question, if you're wondering if you have to go home for Christmas, if you need permission not to go home for Christmas, not this year, I stopped going home for Christmas a long time ago. I told my mom that it was because I didn't want to fly in December and invited her to come spend Christmas at our place. But the real reason I stopped going home for Christmas was because I didn't need to go somewhere else to go home. I was home. So look around. Look at your friends. Look at your lovers. Look at your neighbors. Look around your city that voted for her. And ask yourself if you're already home. And the answer is probably yes. Because at a certain point, home isn't where you grew up. Home is where you landed. It's not the people biology assigned to you or fate assigned to you. It's the people you chose. So you are home and welcome home. And I hope you have a wonderful Christmas here at home. We get a lot of questions and we're going to try to get through as many of your questions tonight during the show. So I'm going to rattle off a few right now because this is the Sex and Relationship Advice Podcast. Racket. And so... Questions, here we go. Should I fuck my 18-year-old coworker? <laughs> I am 27 and she has been putting the moves on me and she is gorgeous and we have great chemistry. I feel conflicted, please advise. Go ahead and fuck her, Merry Christmas. You have my permission. Please Google the campsite rule. Leave them in better shape than you found them. No unplanned pregnancies. No sexually transmitted infections, if at all possible. No promises you couldn't keep. Nothing said during lerve making that you didn't actually mean. And when when it ends, and it most likely will end, you leave them in better shape than you found them. And then it's okay, that age difference. I had a 27-year-old boyfriend when I was 18, and look at me now. I'm wearing ridiculously tight pants and a sparkly jacket in a room full of drunk people. I love these two questions. Uh, They're a set. How do I convince my boyfriend to lick my butthole? The next one in the pile, how do I get my girlfriend to stop asking me to lick her butthole? (laughs) The quickest way to get someone to stop asking you to lick their butthole is to lick their fucking butthole already. 
And if you want a boyfriend that you don't have to convince to lick your butthole, get a gay boyfriend. (laughs) Daddy Dan, thank you for that. I am a 36-year-old man, and my friends mock me for dating a 20-year-old girl. How did I make them stop being so mean to me? That's just jealousy. Probably. It's also a little bit of social policing, and I don't think that that's necessarily a problem. Um, My husband, I was 30 when I first started dating him, and he was 23-ish, probably 22. I think he lied to me about how old he was. He told me he was 23 because it sounded so much more mature than 22. But he looked like he was 14. And there are people here who know him, who knew him then. It was true. He looked like he was 14. And my friends would just give me such grief about it, and I would have to defend myself. But in a way, my friends were, by teasing me about it, advocating for him. They were making sure that I wasn't being a jerk, that I was thinking about the age difference, that I was uh, being self-critical and questioning my own motives and desires and whether I was treating him well, whether I was honoring, even before I coined the term, the campsite rule. So some of your friends are probably making fun of you because you're jealous, but some of your friends are probably teasing you because they might be a little concerned for her and they want you to answer for it and be thoughtful about it and reassure them that you are not taking advantage. And that's a good thing, that kind of teasing. So I don't want to tell your friends necessarily to stop teasing because if it's all in good fun just roll with it and if they're concerned for her because you're an asshole then you should think about it (laughs) i'm not saying you're an asshole taking my boy home for the holidays is it okay for him to wear his metal collar and lock around family who don't know we are dom sub (laughs) around my family that wouldn't be a problem I think. Uh, You have to ask about your own family. You know, my mother used to say that there are things that a mother has a right not to know, and that you're maybe in a same-sex relationship, although we don't know, uh, or whatever else that you're doing. Your family probably feels that they have a right to know not the particular details of the kind of sex that you're having. It's relevant, and you have a right to introduce your family to the people that you are having sex with, to the relationships that you're in. That doesn't have to be hidden. That you have a dom-sub relationship, depending on your family, that might be something that it would be considerate of you to not burden them with those mental images. You know, we burden them with the mental images of the fucking and sucking that we are presumed to do, but then there's everything else. If your parents were in a dom-sub relationship, would you want to know? For me, that's always the test. (laughs) And it can feel sexy and exciting to rub your dom-sub relationship in their nose, but if the shoes were on the other feet, would you want dad to kneel on the floor and eat his Christmas dinner next to mom? (laughs) Probably not. And so I think your mother deserves the same consideration. Call me (laughs) old-fashioned. That said... Some people wear chains and locks and and collars and locks as fashion accessories, and you can fly under that radar if you so choose. Um, And I would endorse that as well. But mom might have a right to not know. One more question before we bring up our first awesome guest. You're going to love her. We somehow ended up spicing up baby-making sex by role-playing my sister's boyfriend cheating on her. Is this wrong? It would be wrong to put it in the baby book for that kid to read about later. (laughs) 
It's the holidays. Stories about family. Another story about my mother. <laughs> Quickly. My mother kept a diary uh, during each of her four pregnancies that then when we were adults, she gifted to us. When we were all about 30, she passed out these diaries of when she carried us. And I don't think she reread them because she didn't redact it at all. <laughs> and like every other page while I'm in there, my parents are fucking. And she writes down, oh, just made love, da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, I'm in there. <laughs> you wonder how I grew up to be gay. I was swimming in a puddle of cum for nine months. <laughs> and I developed a taste for it. And I didn't need... <laughs> and I didn't need to know any of this. And it's fine that my parents were fucking, but I didn't need to know that I was getting the facials in the end. <laughs> So I would say the same to you. I don't think it was wrong that my parents fucked every other day for the nine months that I was in there. And I don't think it's wrong that you fantasized about your girlfriend's boyfriend cheating on her uh, to get it up and get it off and make a baby. Just don't fucking tell the baby. All right, we're going to bring up a guest. <laughs> Advice, it's what I do. Our first guest tonight is an internationally acclaimed cabaret performer who has toured the UK, North America, and Australia, performing her own brand of cult musical comedy, and musicals are the only cult I've ever joined. She just signed a record deal with 604 Records, and she'll be releasing her fourth album in 2017. Please welcome to the stage Canada's own Shirley Gnome. So this song is dedicated to anyone who has partied too hard or just likes arts and crafts. And or, I should say. It's called The Glitter Song. I'm a devastating diva with perfect pitch. I'm a bona fide busty buxom badass bitch. But I drink too much. I make poor life choices. I woke up in a ditch. Me and my bike piled up in a heap Guess I didn't take my cab Cause I'm too cheap That's the best I can guess Cause my memory's a mess At least I'm still wearing my dress Woo! That's when it hit me In the morning light Under my clothes Something wasn't right I took a peek underneath What did I find? Mystery glitter Where the sun don't shine This vulva of mine Who's glitter? Who's glitter? Who's glitter is this? All over All over The place where I pay Glitter when I sneeze Glitter when I cough It's been a couple weeks I still can't get it off I know what they say Now I know what they shout Glitter is like herpes and I am breaking out Glitter in my panties, glitter in my shoe When I took a dump there was glitter in my poo Glitter on my clothes, on everything I've worn I think I might have fucked a unicorn And I mean the mythical beast a unicorn <laughs> Not the third in a relationship Just felt the need to clarify that for this audience 
For when I saw my reflection I looked so good Like a diamond in the rough With all these sparkles on my mouth It's itchy air Scratchy air It burns down below But the glitter in my soul Is like the glitter on my Off this vulva mine I gotta have it I gotta have it Now that I've tried So tell me Where did that unicorn Where did that unicorn Where did that unicorn Hide I wanna go For another ride Shine bright like vagina Shine bright like vagina Shine bright like vagina Beautiful vagines between our thighs Shine bright like vagina Shine bright like vagina I'm glad you remember that song <laughs> Shine bright like vagina <laughs> This is my little song about fucking Christmas for the sake of fucking The holidays are here, the bells begin to chime It makes me feel uncomfortable Every time they make you spread the joy yeah. Get into the spirit By buying it and eating it Until you take a mess of shit Well, I don't want it I say no thanks Let's keep our little savings in the big, big banks I want to hide out with you Till the holidays through Fuck Christmas I just want to fuck you <laughs> Did you finish all your shopping? No, I don't give a damn But if by shopping you mean fucking Then I can't say I am <laughs> So no more tree No more deck the halls Instead I'll be the place Where you can hang your balls No family gatherings that I detest No creepy Uncle Walter staring at my breasts No overindulging in holiday foods I'm on the table and I want to feed you It's the only overeating you should do Ooh, 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 ooh. It's just a scam they got us all believing What a terrible crime to never leave enough time To get down on your knees and find the spirit of the season Um, I couldn't afford a, a trumpet player to come with me on this trip, so <clears throat> There should be an innuendo here, instead I'll say this I'll twist your nips and blow you while you shit on my tits I know, you can laugh at me, I'm a romantic, okay. Because when it comes down to it, all I want is you and a towel. Might come in handy, too. <laughs> Thank you. So tired. 
you're giving me the eye. I know what you want, but babe, you know what I'm going to say. I'm just too tired to fuck you tonight. I've had a busy day and I've got a bad headache. But you can fuck yourself, it's fine. Just crank one out right by my side. I just don't mind. I'll be fast asleep before your special time. Oh, I know. Now don't be shy. We've shared a bed so many times. I know you know how, my dear. Don't stop yourself because I'm here. Cause sometimes, baby, you come home drunk as all and fucking stoned. And when you do, I have no doubt that while you sleep, I'll rub one out. Cause you're just too tired. Fuck me tonight You've had too many beers And wine And your dick is soft I know It won't be mine It's kind of a sad song too, I guess So go ahead and fuck Your Self, this time you can't have my help. Give yourself the sweet release. Tomorrow I will clean the sheets. <laughs> I love you, baby. Oh, so much. You're comfortable enough to touch and love yourself and your fine crotch. Forgive me if I start to watch. <laughs> Thank you. Pause the lovers. Uh, I'm going to do one more song. They say it's impossible. They spit on your dreams. Don't listen to them because it's not what it seems. They try to tear you down Say you're a hopeless fool To give up and to smarten up The world can be so cruel Don't listen to the haters Forget all that stuff You can put anything up your vagina If you try hard enough So believe in Cucumber, a dozen eggs, a can of Mountain Dew. There's nothing that you can't shove deep inside of you. Thank you. Um, I appreciate your support, but I do realize this song has a bit of a flaw in it. Um, 
I did say that I wanted everyone to be inspired by it. And I know not everyone here has a vagina. So that doesn't seem very inclusive <laughs> at all. So uh, if you're here tonight uh, at the Neptune Theater and you do not have a vagina of your own, during this song, just imagine your sisters or your moms. There are no refunds. Thank you. Compared to all the objects you could shove into your hoo-hoo, there are so many things that are harder to get inside of you. Like the feeling of belonging or a little self-esteem or hope for our future or hope for our dreams. In a world that always tells you you're not good enough. Well, an orange or the handle of a frying pan. That's the easy stuff. figure out in that part of the song when I'm hitting all those pretty high notes is how to get a, a whole bunch of stuff to fall out of my vagina on stage. <laughs> I haven't quite figured out the mechanics of how to do that, but uh, I'm going to take my own advice. I'm going to believe in myself and one day I'm going to come back to Seattle. I'm going to fucking do it. Because you don't need a purse. You don't need a bag. All you need is you. Check your asshole, there might be some room. Just imagine it for now. Um, really quickly, we'll take a few more questions. What advice would you have for a straight man who is struggling to fall in love with his own butthole, but who does not want to feel gay? You fell in love with your own dick at some point, and there's nothing gayer than loving dick. <laughs> Seems to me you should be able to do the same favor for your butthole. You should be able to be your own genitalia and asshole polyamorous without much effort. Do you drink or get high before the show? Well, obviously. <laughs> My sister's boyfriend frequently goes on business trips with his ex. Uh, they both work for the Dem party and share a room to save the party money. What are the chances they're hooking up? P.S. She is a proclaimed virgin. 110% with that last <laughs> detail. I noticed in the last few years when in bed with a guy taking a quick break to smooch between more vigorous activities, guys will look me deeply in the eyes and smile and say, hi. Not quick, but a long, faux, sexy, drawn-out, 
Hi. Is this a movie or a hot tip on a podcast? What gives? I've never heard of this. And it has never happened to me. Most of the guys just look at me and go, bye. So I don't have this problem. But I will research it. How do I engage in dirty talk that sounds sexy? Practice, practice, practice. As you've heard me say on the podcast, if you're struggling with the dirty talk, all you got to do, it's like writing an essay in sixth grade. Tell them what you're going to tell them. Tell them what you're telling them. Tell them what you told them. Tell them what you're going to do. Tell them what you're doing. Tell them what you did. I am going to fuck the shit out of you. I am fucking the shit out of you. I just fucked the shit out of you. Those are the beginner's training wheels of dirty talk. And if you can force that out of your mouth, and you can because you're just narrating. It's just closed captioning. It's not that hard. Pretend your partner is deaf and watching porn, and you're narrating the action. Or blind, sorry, and watching porn. Hey, Dan, we came here for our first date two years ago, and now we are back and engaged. Aw, I love love. I think we owe you that in part, uh, so thank you. As such an important unwitting third in our relationship, we wanted to see if you would come to our party after the wedding. We know it's a long shot. We would love to have you and Terry there, uh, Bo and Sarah. And I won't read out your email. Um, That's really sweet. Thank you. Uh, If it's in Seattle and it's on Capitol Hill and we're in town, sure. As long as I don't have to get on a bus or walk very far. Horny single female afraid of meeting strangers on Tinder. How do I find some casual dick? Well, look what worked out for Bo and Sarah. Look around. There's lots of dick here. You may be engaged next week. Uh, Where is the best place to meet guys in person? Not in your house. Not in your apartment. Go places. And you got to go to the places where... By being present in them, you are inviting people to approach you. Uh, We have a new sort of cultural norm, at least until Donald Trump repeals it, around not hitting on people, not grabbing people's pussies or genitalia, at work, on the bus, on the street, in class. So it's on us now to put ourselves in spaces where we are inviting attention sexually, that you may approach me here. This is the time I am nominating, I'm consenting to being approached about your sexual interest in me. And that means Tinder, and that means OkCupid, and that means Grindr and Recon and all the other sites out there. It also means places where people drink and party and have fun and pick each other up. So go to the places where people are picking each other up if you want some casual dick. And don't rule out Tinder. Uh, Everyone I know who's on Tinder is swimming in dick. A woman called your show a couple of months ago and asked about telling her partner about her fetish. She dresses dicks in costumes. You didn't even talk with her about that fetish. What gives? There are so many questions I have about this. Could you explain this fetish? Does it involve googly eyes? I didn't talk to her about her fetish because it's not a fetish. It's an affectation. In my professional opinion. That this is the sort of pseudo-faux kink that someone cultivates because they don't have a real one and they feel self-conscious in our new kink-positive universe if they're just into vanilla sex. So they adopt some weird, bullshit, non-kink and describe it as their kink, like dressing dicks in costumes. That's not a kink. (laughs) 
All right, sorry. If you're here, person with that kink, and I have just contributed to your kink invisibility, I, am, I apologize. But I'm not convinced that your kink is a thing. It just makes me think of going to Mexico and all the, like, taxidermied frogs dressed up in costumes. Maybe it is a kink. Maybe you were taken to Mexico as a child and you thought dicks looked like frogs and you saw all those frogs dressed in costumes and it just, that snapped for you. You, cl- you, you latched on to that. And now you get made fun of by faggots with sex podcasts. <laughs> Do trans FTMs, trans men, generally prefer to have vaginal sex, anal sex, or top with a strap on? Ask them. I'm sure they're all over the map. I'm sure individual results and preferences may vary. I'm in a committed relationship. My partner used to sleep with his friend who is married, but in an open relationship. This is over, but it is still a secret from all of their mutual friends. The secrecy upsets me, especially because we still have to interact with her. Are my feelings valid? No. I mean... Your feelings are your feelings, and you have to feel the fuck out of your feelings, and you can't avoid feeling your feelings. But presumably your partner and his ex-sex partner uh, had a reason that they kept this discreet. Maybe one of them, uh, maybe she, one of her partners or her partner has a DADT agreement where it's fine for them to sleep with other people so long as they don't know about it. And sharing it with all of their mutual friends, with the exception of her partner, might be a problem. It would get back to the partner. They have their reasons, and of course, you don't unpack what those reasons may be, Uh, and I think those reasons might be as valid as your feelings of discomfort at knowing this thing that other people in your social circle don't know about their past sexual connection. The trick, though, sometimes is that there's no solution. Sometimes you just have to sit with your shitty feelings and let it forever be a stone in your shoe and not something that can be easily or ever resolved. It just is what it is, and I would respect their right to keep their sexual connection private if that is their choice. Hi, Dan. I'm 28, married for four years, but I'm currently separating from my husband. I want to know the best way to get comfortable having sex with new people. Do I get drunk? Also, how do I leave my husband when the dick is so good? (laughs) Um, Alcohol is the great disinhibitor. So feel free to have a drink or two. Don't get drunk. Take the edge off and get the dick in, the other dick, somebody else's dick. And if you and your husband are on amicable terms, it is not unheard of for people who are divorcing or have divorced to maintain a sexual connection and have a sexual relationship as they transition to others. So you can have your drunk or your drinks, not your drunk, your drinks, and other dick too while still sliding down on the husband's dick if he's up for it. My boyfriend has random butthole pains at night. Have you heard of this? (laughs) I have inflicted that, but I haven't heard of it. Uh, He claims PTSD when I try to put a butt plug in him. Any suggestions? Stop trying to put a butt plug in him. It doesn't sound like he enjoys butt stuff or butt plugs because he has some inexplicable uh, butt pain that maybe he needs to talk to a doctor about. Maybe he has worms. Okay, and now you Magnum listeners get to hear a little more Shirley Gnome, and indeed, you should check her out at www.shirleynome.com. Here she is.
All right, what am I? Um, uh, yeah, I'm like really into dicks. I love them so much. I'm, I'm almost embarrassingly had. Oh, okay, there's some ladies embarrassingly heterosexual women here. Oh! Yeah, there's lots of reasons to love dicks. Mine are sexual. Um, <laughs> I love them so much. Um, and I do love a, a man who has a juicy brain as well, and I love a man who thinks. But sometimes when uh, I'm with a uh, with a penis person and. Uh, they're uh, overthinking things. Well, that can bring up a interesting set of problems. Hey, pretty man, please don't think. When you get stressed out, your erection shrinks. I want a taste of that dink. So fuck me and don't think. Don't think about your car. Don't think about your job. Don't think about your mother or your best friend, Bob. Don't think about your house. Don't think about the course that you're taking at school because you'll feel remorse. Hey, pretty man, it'll rise and fall. You cannot blame it on the alcohol. Make it stand up tall. Please don't think at all. Don't think about the world. Don't think about war. The suffering of people more and more. Economic struggles, corporate power. It's the mental equivalent of a cold shower. Hey, pretty man, get out of your head. Get into my vajay instead. I know that you're well read, but now it's time for bed. Don't think about the fact that you're here by chance In the meaningless chaos of the cosmic dance That we're tiny specks floating endlessly In a vast, uncaring universe Time is a trick, space is bleak Even though you're impossibly unique In the symphony of existence You're just a little squeak Don't think about what comes after death How it all goes dark on your final breath To the void we go Where our atoms flow and disperse And drift off into the vast darkness And... Unknown of nothingness. Hey, pretty man, it's too late. I just made my clit deflate. I guess it'll have to wait. Talk about a bad first date. That's a true story too. I uh, I'm on the road a lot, so I end up fucking a lot of artists, which is pretty cool. Um, a lot of traveling traveling artists. I got used to just you know because of that, like uh, fucking people that also don't have any money, like myself. <laughs> uh, and then when I went back to uh, Vancouver, where I'm from, uh, I ended up hooking up with this guy who was in a higher tax bracket than me. <laughs> it's not hard to be in a higher tax bracket than me, but um. He was there looking real good above the poverty line, and uh, it inspired this song, this controversial song called Hooker. (laughs) I went looking for a man just to hold his hand up against my clam till he knew how to shazam me. I didn't want his money, I just wanted his honey. Honey is a metaphor for penis. I'm an independent lady, I ain't nobody's baby, but I'm undereducated and I'm really poor. Early the next morning, no apparent warning, he paid for my breakfast, I didn't expect this. I got what I wanted, a whole lot of D. But I didn't stop him from buying me bread. 
was hard to deny the smell of bacon And my belly was aching Am I a hooker now? Am I a hooker now? Cause technically I don't see the difference between me and women Advertising the price, naughty, I'm a hooker now Exchanging my vagina for a meal down at the diner I would have fucked him for free But now it's a hooker's life for me But a $10 breakfast for fucking all night It's pretty inexpensive, it's a bargain price Would it be worse if I did it for free Or should I ask for more, it's confusing me and filthy dives Gender fights and trophy wives Now I know why people call it Nature's wallet But here's the solution I see You don't have to buy me a drink Or a meal to fuck me You never have to spend a dime to get your sexy vagina time Instead, if you could insist in your daily life In any way that you can To work towards a world where women get paid the same amount For the same job as a man Then I will totally suck your dick if you smash that glass ceiling down I'm gonna grab your body and go to town If you help the little girls of the world go to school So they can learn how to read I'll do fisting or anal or threesomes Or anything you sexually need I will fuck the shit out of you Yes, I will fuck the shit out of you I know it seems kind of strange but I'll be a hooker for positive change. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to do a couple more songs for you. This one uh, was in, I was inspired to write this when, uh, well, my friends were bugging me about how I, I fucked this friend of mine. And, and I, and it's not, it's not, it's, you can have sex with your friends and it doesn't have, it doesn't have to have feelings in it, right? So, um, they were always like telling me I was in denial about that. So I wrote this five minute song to prove them wrong. And it's called Just Friends. And that's because that's what's happening. But this song is also more of like an after school special and not necessarily reflective specifically of my own personal life. Thank you. For oh so long We're so close And it's real nice But people say That there's something there A spark between us Trying to start a flame I'm telling you There's no fire Cause I go to bed Feeling moist and wet How could a fire Ever start In such an inhospitable Vagirement Just because you're a friend That turns me on 
doesn't mean I need you. Yeah, you're a friend who stares at me right at my ass like a good friend would. You send me messages late at night to tell me how good friends we are. I agree and I touch myself. Damn, we're such good friends, come between us literally or figuratively i know what people try to tell us but heterosexual romance is gay i won't say what i just can't say i'm not afraid i just like to get laid no matter how this starts or ends i love you baby but we're just friends We got drunk I showed you a video You showed me your junk What a nice friend A friend of mine I showed you my veg Cause I'm polite and kind We hugged It felt so good It felt like friendship Like friendship should Went to bed And spoon and lead To fork and yeah We forked in bed That means we fucked between us except sometimes in a sexual way we go out and you get hit on but i'm not jealous i just like punching people in the face no matter how this starts or ends i love you baby we're just friends We pooled our money and we bought a house together just because buying property that way, it's more economical. Twin beds, they cost a lot. Your mom bought us a king size. There's plenty of room for friends. It's sharing. I'm not in denial. I know that I'm pregnant. Could you please stop pointing to friends? They can have kids. It doesn't have to be all we We may have let this penis come between us. To be specific, we let it come inside my giant baby-making uterus. Accidental pregnancy is totally gay. No matter how this starts or ends. can't afford a drummer either now we we had some more kids but the reason you see is that you don't have to pay them to cook and clean they don't laugh they don't even smile they say they're sick of us being in denial well fuck you kids because mom and dad we love each other but it's not like that your dad is just the smartest hottest greatest friend i have Because we fell in love and got married Our kids are wrong This isn't getting serious They sure know how to ruin a family vacation 
So no matter how this starts or ends Fuck you baby but we're just We're just friends That got a little weird emotional. Sometimes I fill the room with uncomfortable feelings, which I'm sure all of us are experiencing the way I am right now. So I'm just going to clear the juju. Uh, I'm going to sing these songs to make everyone feel super comfortable again. There's two of them, 30 seconds long, both about me getting my period. Okay. When the blood comes out, the tampon goes in. When the blood comes out, the tampon goes in. When the blood comes out, the tampon goes in. To answer your question, it doesn't feel good. I don't get turned on putting in a tampon. I don't get turned on putting in a tampon. I don't get turned on putting in a tampon. It doesn't feel good at all. Ride, ride that cotton pony. Ride, ride that cotton pony. Ride, ride that cotton pony. Never feel good at all. That's the first one. This one's more of a cautionary tale. Baby, you make me laugh so hard I laughed so hard it made my tampon come right out It fell down my leg and it rolled under the table I guess this is a Christmas we'll never forget You feel better now? I feel better, too. Thank you. I guess I did have one more Christmas song. Huh. Merry fucking Christmas. You're welcome. That's our present for you. We brought Shirley Gnome here for you guys tonight. Isn't she amazing? My brother is getting married to someone he's known for only five months, and she's kind of crazy. Do I play nice or be honest? So far, me being honest hasn't created the best relationship. You have to play nice and be honest. You have to slap a smile on your face and be as ingratiating and loving and kind as you can possibly be while you warn your brother off of making this terrible, terrible mistake. And that's your job, whether you're a relation, a blood relation, a friend, when someone's about to weld themselves to someone awful, people got to speak up. Melania's whole village should have said something. (laughs) And you do have to be willing to risk that relationship for a time. If she is as crazy and toxic as you believe her to be, eventually your brother will realize that. And he will remember what you said. And if you said it in a mean and horrible way, and if you nuked the relationship yourself in the process, he won't come to you when it's time to extricate himself from this relationship. You want to keep that door open so that it's easier for him one day to walk out on crazy. Is there an effect? Oh my. Is there an effective, non creepy way to tell your partner that your kink is consensual rape consent play, where you are the perpetrator? Is there a nice way to say, I want to rape you, but with your permission? (laughs) I think the nicest way to say, I want to rape you is, but with your permission. Because then it's not rape. 
There are some people who argue, and I've quoted them in the column, and I think they have a point, that we should probably stop calling it rape play and call it ravishment play. Because in this kink around force, around being taken, uh, a person is taken by someone they wish to be taken by. And so there is consent, but it is dragged from them in a way. And so that is not technically, in the end, rape, but there was risk, at least in the concept, in the conceit at the beginning. Risk that it might have ended up being non-consensual, but it is consensual, because, of course, it's all plotted out in the beginning. Your question, though, is, is there a non-creepy way to roll this out? And the answer is no. (laughs) No, there isn't. You just have to embrace that this is going to be a creepy, freaky conversation... And you prove to them that maybe you're someone they could do this with in how you handle their initial, rational, justified, freaked out, creeped out reaction. You can't be indignant or angry or surprised when they are taken aback by what is back-taking. The way you prove to them that you are someone they might want to go there with is the graciousness with which you help to process and discuss this freaky, creepy thing that you threw down. And you can throw it down, particularly if you are a straight guy, and I'm assuming from perhaps your handwriting that you are. (laughs) Not to gender this or anything. You can uh, rest assured that for a great many uh, straight and bi women, and lesbian women too, this is high on the average fantasy list, that this is very common. So if you roll this out in a respectful, kind, ingratiating, calm way, uh, and you prove to them that maybe you are someone that they could GGG it up for and explore this kink, uh, the odds that this person that you're rolling this out for shares this kink or is tempted or interested are pretty fucking high. So good luck. But embrace the awkward and embrace the creep because it's fucking creepy. How does a nice couple, male, female, find a guy to join us in the bedroom. We own a local business and can't really expose our desires in the open, like through apps, etc. Huh. Well, you could just hit on people. Uh, you could ask friends. People always want to find for their third, for their three-way, the mysterious person from Mars who jetted in for this moment and then will jet out and never be seen again. Um, that's a sex worker, and that is also an option for you. That old saw that you don't pay for the sex, you pay for the leaving, you pay for them to go away when it's over. There are male sex workers. Most male sex workers who advertise, rentmen.com, I think is the current popular website for male sex workers, uh, most are advertising to serve male clients because that's where the demand lies. But many of those guys are bi or straight guys who are only gay for pay. And they are only too delighted, the ones that I've known, to get a call from a male, female, couple, or the occasional woman. They are only too happy. So if you want someone who's going to disappear on you, rent. But you should be able to be open. You own a local business. If it's not like a fucking storefront church, you're in Portland. You think people aren't going to eat your bagels if they knew that you're a kinky couple and you had a three-way? All guys want to put it in your butt. There's more to it. (laughs) All guys want to put it in your butt, but when you suggest eating it, they tear out running for the hills. How can I bridge this unfathomable gap? You should date gay guys. (laughs) 
I mean, analingus is basically a handshake in gay land. I always feel, even when I give like a snarky, stupid asshole response, I always feel obligated to come back and then give a real answer. Um, eat theirs first so they can see what all the clamor is about. Be the analingus you want to see in the world, I believe Gandhi said. I am a kinky guy. We both get hot when she ties up and spanks my cock, the shaft of my cock. It's fucking hot. However, I am afraid of causing physical damage to my dick. I like my dick. Is it super risky to excitedly and strenuously paddle my tied-up shaft? If so, I will be sad, frowny face, and drawing of a dick with a smiley face. (laughs) Oh, and this? You expect an answer from me now? Thank you for everything you do, Grandpa Dan. I hope your dick falls off. Pyrone's disease. Uh, It's a buildup of of plaque, of fibrous tissues in the uh, erectile chambers of your dick. And it can cause painful uh, arcing and bending and pinched and twisted erections. And nobody's quite sure what causes Pyrone's disease, but it is believed that it may be caused by physical trauma to the penis. Some people take a good swift kick in the dick, and the plaque begins to build up, and they're kind of screwed. That said, uh, most of the people who complain about having Pyrone's disease are looking back to find that kick and maybe reverse engineering justifying it and pointing out a kick that was completely innocent or an accident or a trauma that had nothing to do with its later development. And there are plenty of people out there in kinkland who are beating up their cocks who never seem to develop Pyrone's disease. So you roll your dice, you move your mice, you take your chances. Um, Anytime you're beating the shit out of your dick, you're taking some small risk of perhaps doing damage uh, to your erectile tissues. And anytime you call me grandpa, you are taking a large risk of me doing damage to your erectile tissues. Can you please find a way to screw with Trump the way you did with Santorum? We need this. Trump already means to audibly fart in British slang. Who trumped? Did you trump? I didn't trump. Somebody trumped. It means to audibly fart. We need to adopt this usage in the United States. We can't come up with some alternate alternate meaning because it already has a really great one. And what was great about Santorum and why that stuck was because that was a thing that everybody who has butt sex was intimately familiar with that did not have a name and needed one. And so once Santorum came along, people were like, oh my God, makes sense. Same thing with to audibly fart. That is the thing that happens that we are all intimately familiar with and it needs a name and now it fucking has one. I have, let's call them advanced fetishes. How do I broach that with a new partner or someone I can see myself dating? I don't want to scare them, but I don't want boring sex. But you want a new partner and eventually that will be boring sex. But boring sex isn't necessarily bad sex, routine sex, regular sex, maintenance sex. There are other ways to describe it than boring. And I think you should prove to this person, before you roll out your fetishes, that you can do that too. That you can do vanilla and you can do maintenance and you can do knock-it-out sex before you roll out your varsity-level kinks, whatever they might be. That sometimes when people who are not themselves kinky, uh, who are going to round themselves up or GG up for a kinky partner are concerned about, is that it's going to be all kink all the time. So 
for you to prove to them for a good long while, for months perhaps, before you roll your kinks up, that vanilla sex isn't going to disappear, it's something that you are good at, it's something that you can enjoy as well, is one way to make them more comfortable about diving into your kinks in the end. I've recently been diagnosed with celiac disease. Is sperm (laughs) gluten-free? All right, I googled that shit for you. My best guess is that there is no gluten in semen, said Dr. Leffler. I don't know who Dr. Leffler is, but this is the first return. Breast milk is a special case as dietary proteins are probably brought there specifically to help train the infant's immune system, but go ahead and guzzle cum. That's not how the doctor ends, but I'm I'm summing up, approximating... Uh, I am just curious, audience poll, please raise your hand if you were taught in high school that condoms do not protect you against the HIV virus. A few, handful here and there. How common is this type of education in this country? Not that common, apparently. I went to high school in Grantsburg, Wisconsin. Fuck you, Midwest. I've heard of that kind of uh, HIV prevention education, too. Uh, They call it sex dread education instead of sex ed education. Um, And yeah, that's a problem. When they tell people that condoms don't work, what kids leave with is, so don't bother with condoms. Uh, Don't, there's no need to get them. There's no need to use them because they're not going to offer you any protection at all. And it then makes sex more dangerous, which is what they want. That's why religious conservatives opposed rolling out the vaccine for HPV because HPV was the sexually transmitted infection that they could point to and say condoms don't provide terrific protection for it. And it causes cancer Uh, in some women, and some women die. And when the vaccine came along that could save women's lives, prevent that kind of cancer, prevent also anal cancer in men, religious conservatives opposed the vaccine because they wanted to be able to point to those deaths. They were willing to kill women to not lose a point that they might make in an anti-sex argument. So fuck them. Fuck the kind of people who are responsible for this kind of sex education. (laughs) Okay, two questions side by side. Please tell us you have an open relationship. We want to fuck your husband. And how do couples make it to 20, 30, 40 years together? What is the secret? Well, Terry and I have been together for 22 years, and open relationship is the secret. (laughs) At least for us. How can I, a busy 31-year-old single woman, make my bukkake dream come true? Safely. Please don't say FetLife. That site is bullshit. Um, it's nice to know that bukkake isn't just a man's thing, that there are some women who are interested in being on the receiving end of all of that protein. This is another case where what you probably want to do is make your bukkake dream come true without having to confide in anyone that you know and like and have to see again and again and again that you have this fetish, that you have this kink, that you have this fantasy that you've always wanted fulfilled. And I am here to tell you that the best and fastest and safest way to get a fantasy like this that involves many participants filled is to enlist friends, enlist lovers, is to pull this together with people that you know and trust so that you're going to be in good hands during this Bukkake festival. So if you have a male partner, if you have a boyfriend and you have ex-boyfriends and your boyfriend isn't threatened by the existence of your ex-boyfriend's penises, 
and ex-boyfriends, perhaps that you've shared this fantasy with in the past, you go to your current partner or boyfriend and you say, I've always wanted to experience this. Let's start casting now. So that in three or six months, we can pull this together. And you should go everywhere. You should probably be on FetLife, Adult Friend Finder. You can throw that up on Craigslist and you will get a lot of responses. And find the guys where you can and screen them. And a woman with this kink is a jewel above... (laughs) What is that expression from the Hebrew Bible? Which I probably shouldn't want to work into this conversation about Bukaki, (laughs) lest I offend, but uh, it's right where my brain went. Um, You will be an in-demand person in this scenario, in this situation. They're probably here in Portland. So many lefty, sensitive pandering new-agey, people still use that expression, guys who have this fantasy and would love to participate in a bukkake scene but feel so terrible about it all the time because they assume it's nothing any woman would ever get off on, that she would just be an unwilling participant who would feel degraded and it would just be about his desires, not her desires, and it wouldn't be, there would be no reciprocity and it wouldn't be good of him to go explore this. So throw out something important saying you're looking for this and you will get... Messages from grateful, considerate, muling, hand-wringing, sensitive, grover-bodied guys with beards, unfortunately, (laughs) who will be so happy to be enlisted in fulfilling your fantasy for you. All right, before we end the show tonight, we're going to tear through as many of your questions as we can in the time left to us. We're going to bring back Shirley and Jake, and we're going to have an advice panel advice off. Come on back. Shirley Nome, Jake Nelson. Okay, here we go. We're going to tear through these, hopefully all of them. Natural lube recommendations. Oh, natural. Well, coconut oil is great, but it's bad with condoms, right? So I guess have unsafe sex. All right, next question. (laughs) Vaginal secretions and Mountain Dew spit. Straight male in a poly relationship, I'm recently married. When meeting new potential partners, is there a good way to advertise that I'm married and available in a way that's not weird? Like in person? Like when you're like... Skywriting. Skywriting is always an option. (laughs) You can say it with a lovely fruit basket. (laughs) Oh no, wearing a wedding ring and... Just pointing at it, and then <laughs> be like, ah, <laughs> pointing at it. Ah. <laughs> it's a pretty clear signal. Oh, fuck, I'm good at this advice. All right, next question. I think you have to embrace the fact that it is going to be weird. Weird in the odd sense, because most people who are married are not available. And so people are going to be a little, not, hopefully not taken aback, but like, huh, really? Huh, tell me more. Um, So you should just run at the weirdness because it is a little odd. You are an outlier. So there's no way to roll it out that's not going to be a little weird. And you should then unpack the weirdness with that person, and that's how you demonstrate to them that you're someone that they might want to fuck even though you have a wife or husband at home. Yeah. Hi. My spouse is not the wild chick she used to be. We are 51 and started dating at 16. She seems to not need sex like I do help. Outsource. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's 
Oh, that's such a, like, that could be like, you have to talk to her about what she likes. I think that's kind of more like, if you want to get her, you know, rip roaring, like, let's talk to her about it. And if she's just like, I'm done with sex, then you have to be like, can I outsource, please? Because I'm not. <laughs> I don't know, that makes sense to me. Uh, smoke weed together and watch porn if she's down. Oh, yeah, that's good. Good advice. But if she's truly done with sex, and some people do finish and they are done, then if the, the relationship is to continue and you are not done with sex, you need to negotiate some off-leash time and an open uh, relationship. There needs to be an accommodation made for her being done, which is you not demanding sex from her or pressuring her for sex, but an accommodation also made for you not being done, which involves outsourcing. My partner and I are monogamish. Sometimes we have sleepovers with other people, but we are committed and love each other. We have started talking about having a baby, but I'm not sure if this means we should stop. What do you suggest? So monogamish, occasional sleepovers with others, want to have a baby. Do they have to stop fucking other people or stop having sleepovers with other people? No. Define sleepover. (laughs) Uh, I mean, if you want to, like, not accidentally get pregnant with someone else's baby at that sleepover... Just don't fuck them until you know you're pregnant with the person that you want to have the baby with. And then go right back to having sexy sleepovers again. I don't think it was a conception question. I think it was a post-conception question. Oh, it's post-conception? Of course keep doing it. I don't don't know why you wouldn't. I mean... Just make sure it's equal, one for one. Yeah. Everybody needs a night off and just make sure that... You both get them. And I've heard that there's a certain part of, of pregnancy where the sex gets amazing because there's a lot of blood flow going on. So I'm like, fucking enjoy yourself. <laughs> Ooh, this is, a, this is a tough one, so have another drink. Rarely am I the soberest person on stage giving advice during one of these things. I'm in a seven-year relationship with my girlfriend. We are not out of the closet. Should I marry a guy to please my parents or follow my heart? I would be happy, but not 100% sure with a guy. I'm 30, and my clock is ticking. Uh, Well, I mean, it seems like an obvious, like, follow your heart. That seems obvious, but she said my clock is ticking, and I don't know if that refers to her, like, wanting to have a child with someone, or if, like, she just thinks she's getting old and can't nail down a man, even though she's in love with a woman. (laughs) But, you know, I follow your heart. Yeah, if you've been with this person for seven years... And you're asking this question in front of them here to, like, yeah, you, you kind of have to stay with that person and, and marry her. If that person will still stay with you after yeah. hearing me read this question aloud like, <laughs> in front of all these people. Uh, you have to, I mean, obviously this is the answer you wanted because you're asking me and not James Dobson or Tony Perkins. Uh, marry the bitch already and tell your family to go fuck themselves if they have a problem with it. Too important. And you won't be happy with a guy. You won't be. You will forever regret the damage you did to the partner you abandoned because you were worried what your parents might think if you married the person you actually loved. And I'm here from the future to tell you that one day your parents will be dead. <laughs> and then you're going to feel really silly if you're married to someone for them, to please them when they're gone. Uh, And if it kills them, if you marry your girlfriend, good. And buy her flowers tonight. Uh, Dan, how do you feel about slash, what are your thoughts on 
Beyonce. And I'm throwing this question to you guys because I literally have no thoughts on Beyonce beyond like pretty lady. But everybody wants me to have or expects us all now to have deeper thoughts and cultural criticism about Beyonce. And I, I don't listen to anything but musical theater and she hasn't written a show yet. <laughs> so until she collaborates with Lynn or someone <laughs> or Stephen Sondheim, I just am not going to think thoughts about Beyonce. Well, her visual album is a bit like a musical, the one that she just released, Lemonade. It's, uh, it's very theatrical, yeah, so if you want to break into your Beyonce and have your Beyonce-sance, <laughs> um, that might be a good place to start. This woman is already dancing, so that's, <laughs> she's already experienced her Beyonce-sance, but uh, I know what you're talking about because I wasn't into Beyonce, but then everyone around me was just like so in love with her. So then I, I gave her a chance. And actually, when, when, when Lemonade came out, I was like, oh, this is, this is fucking brilliant. This is fucking amazing. Like, she's absolutely brilliant. So I do admire the way she pisses off right-wingers <laughs> yes. by being unapologetically herself and being yeah. sexy and being married and a parent. And I respect any couple that, like, powers through an infidelity and gets back to forgiveness and back on track because that's what we should all do. So I read about Lemonade, but I didn't watch it. Maybe I'm a bad faggot. <laughs> Just wa- I, smoke a joint and watch it. It's gorgeous. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this one's for you, Jake. Okay. 25 cis, straightish female, multiple sex partners, sex toys, explored and adventurous, but never had an orgasm. Help. I have a mental block. I think against it, pot is not an option. Mushrooms. I'm, this, I'm not kidding. It, really, do it. I totally agree with that. <laughs> there, was just a giant, there was just a giant article in the New York Times about how they are continuing to explore and finding to be really effective using uh, ecstasy, MDMA, as a treatment for PTSD. We are going to be moving into an era where we are exploring uh, psychedelic drugs as treatments for mental blocks and things like PTSD. So if you do actually have this problem... Mushrooms are ecstasy and a vibrator and a porno and some alone time and a person there that you trust to watch over you. Go for it. They're doing it for all sorts of other things. Why not for orgasms? And I know a lot of people who didn't have their first or a lot of women who didn't have their first orgasm until they were on pot or until they were on MDMA. And it carved a neural pathway that then they were able to access when they weren't on ecstasy. So fucking go for it. Fuck yeah. This one's for Shirley. Uh-oh. My boyfriend's dick is huge, and he fucks me often. Should I be concerned about him stretching out my ass? <laughs> well, I feel like that's a question for anyone who's had a lot of anal sex. I mean, uh, concerned. Like, uh, I don't know. My, my friend couldn't go in the hot tub recently because he just took a big dick in the ass. And I was like, no hot tub time. That seems like a downside. So I suppose, um, listen, listen to the song of your asshole. Listen to its deep wisdom and it will show you the way. I have to share a weird story because I'm a little stoned myself. Great. I was just in India and I met an opponent of uh, gay sex and uh, gay equality. And they have laws there that throw people in jail for having gay sex. And this is the guy who brought the lawsuit that got that 
uh, done, recriminalized gay sex because of this guy. And he explained to me that there is a goddess who lives in the chakra in your butt, and <laughs> anal sex offends her. And that's why we can't have anal sex. And I was just standing there talking to him going, the shit doesn't offend her? The, like, the turds flying by every morning, not a problem. The occasional dick. You'd th- if I was that goddess, I'd be like, oh, thank God, it's a dick. <laughs> a little cum for my complexion as opposed to all that fiber and corn. And Everyone knows the chakra goddess is near your taint. Come on. <laughs> I grew up in a sexually repressive religious family. So Jake and I have some experience here. How do I let go of sex-negative feelings that still haunt me, mushrooms, ecstasy, pot? Yeah, I mean, what feels better, going back to that church or jerking off? The answer is right there. And the quick download about sex that a lot of religions get wrong is they got wrong what sex is for. Sex is not for reproduction. It's not for making babies, except every once in a great while. Humans evolved and are designed to have sex constantly, potentially. And that's because sex for humans does something else. We don't go into heat like cats uh, and like elk, because sex does something else for us, for our species, for our culture, for our society. And that is create intimacy, connection, release endorphins and natural uh, pleasure hormones, that's what sex is for. It is for those bonds. So you are not, this is what you have to let go of, this idea that religion promotes that sex is for one thing, making more humans. And that's just a fundamental, basic misreading of human sexuality. And just fuck it and let it go. And you won't feel so uh, sex negative or conflicted anymore. But the guilt can actually create kinks that then if you can let go of the guilt are awesome. And you get to enjoy it for the rest of your life. How would you recommend getting your friends to open up and be more open-minded without scaring them away when they are being held back by religious beliefs? Maybe your friends just don't want to talk to you about sex. Maybe it's not religion. It's hard to change someone's mind, you know. It doesn't... Like, this is a big problem where we we share a lot of information and a lot of facts, and it doesn't change anyone's minds. You have to go through people's hearts. So I think the best way, if your friends love you... You have to just live the example of being a sexual being um, who doesn't have shame and embraces all of the things that Dan just talked about, that sex can bring, intimacy, connection, celebration, spirituality. Show them that through you, and if they love you, then they might start to see things differently. And honestly, beyond that, I don't really know what else will really work. Just go through this. Exactly. I have pulled almost my entire family out of Mormonism by just having more goddamn fun all the time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Speaking of which, I'm a former Mormon, married at 30, no sex before then, now divorced. I want to break the sex shame of a lifetime. Would you recommend going wide with more partners or deep with fewer? (laughs) Wide and deep, baby. (laughs) I'm a big believer in more sex with fewer people. It just, it's better when you take care of each other's feelings, especially if you're new to it. I agree. Aww. I think that is excellent advice. Dan, we're two girls that ski every weekend and stay at my girlfriend's tiny cabin. We like to pack in with friends, but how do we fuck on weekends if it's hard to be quiet? Don't be quiet. <laughs> 
Listen, there's a song in Avenue Q. You can be as loud as the hell you want when you're making love. It's natural. And if your friends don't like it, you can bring earplugs to your cabin. <laughs> and they can be like, thanks for letting us stay here. And thanks for the earplugs. It's your fucking cabin. Yeah, exactly. seriously. And if they don't like it, they can sleep outside. <laughs> this might have to be the last question. I think it's an interesting one. Are men necessary? Uh, short answer, yes. <laughs> the long answer, yes. I've actually been wondering this, especially lately, considering some of the men that are being pushed at us all the time. But uh, for me, unfortunately, yes, very necessary. Yes, I believe men are necessary, too. And if you're sick of them, Jake and I will take them off your hands. <laughs> we will find guys who can take care of the men for you. Give it up for Shirley Gnome, Jake Nelson, our advice panel this evening. Hi, Dan. I'm calling to respond to the caller in episode 529, whose boyfriend is controlling her diet and exercise habits. I'm a mental health professional, and I specialize in eating disorders, and Dan was right, DTMFA. Not only should you dump him because he's an asshole, but you need to dump him because being in a romantic relationship with someone who is trying to control your diet, exercise, and appearance puts you at a great risk for developing an eating disorder. This is not something to be taken lightly because eating disorders have the highest mortality rate of any mental health disorder. For your own safety and mental and physical health, you need to dump the motherfucker already. Hi, Dan. I'm calling in response to the uh, woman who called about her boyfriend um, monitoring everything that she ate. I've never gotten so angry, sweetheart. I've been listening to the Savage Love podcast for five years. And I've heard my share of horror stories from women, but nothing made me want to call in more and tell you that you're dating the biggest piece of shit. We are living in a time when women have to call men out for saying stuff like that. And I think that it's your duty as a woman to dump that motherfucker already. Hi, I'm calling in response to the woman who called asking if she had should have done more due diligence before getting involved with a guy who ended up not being who he said he was. I'm a huge advocate of scoping out your people before you start getting close to them. It's not enough to trust your gut or to ask your friends to give you their opinions because you can get quite smitten with somebody and ignore your gut, even though it might be screaming at you. So everybody should just do a little bit of homework ahead of time, just a little bit. If you, All you need is a first and last name these days just to find out the very basics of whether somebody is who they say they are. And with that, you can find out the other stuff. So be smart. And we're going to leave it there. 206-302-2064 is the number. If you want to record a comment or a question for a future show, give us a buzz. 206-302-2064. Thanks to Shirley Nome, Jake Nelson, Tracy Cataldo, my main lesbian boss, and the folks at Revolution Hall in Portland and the Neptune Theater in Seattle. And special thanks to Tim and Katie from The Popovers, who wrote our theme music, as well as that special Christmas version. Tim, you are gone, but not forgotten, and we still love you. The Savage Lovecast is produced every week by Nancy Hartunian and me and the tech savvy at Rescue. And Nancy, we will all be back at you next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading. Savage Lovecast.